0: Hello, this is Father Mike Walker of Father Mike's Podcast, Father Mike's Bible Study Podcast, and the Catholic Combine, the pastor of St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Beaverton, Oregon. If you would like more information about the parish or the podcast, please feel free to email me at frmikewalker at gmail.com. And now, today's podcast. So this year in the church's cycle, we're in the Gospel of Matthew. And the Gospel of Matthew is layered in a particular way. You've got five sections of the Gospel that are Jesus' discourse or teaching. And then there are seven different parts of that Gospel uh, that are more along the idea of the narrative, you know, describing the story of Jesus. And the combination of these two, they're, they're kind of stacked on one another. And in the middle of it all, there are the parables of the kingdom, chapter 13. And the point is that these different layers are are almost like they're building up into this high point of chapter 13. And then once you understand those parables, you apply those to the other sections of the gospel. It's, It's really a pretty masterful way that it was put together. Uh, Five, of course, uh, was symbolic of the five first books of the gospel where the Jews based their teaching, and then the seven is the ultimate fulfillment of all things, like the days of the week where God accomplishes his glory. Now, why that matters today is that we have these parables of the kingdom and this kingdom of God that we have. In Matthew, he says kingdom of heaven, but it's the same thing. Uh, And in his kingdom... We have the understanding about how things work and how things are and how God intends them to be. And then we also have God's plan, what we call salvation history, how God applies his saving help to the world and how that ultimately saves us and the world, including creation. And the, the fuller story is that God had a certain intention when he created all things, and that certain intention to live in perfect harmony with with God, creation, and one another was disrupted by the sin of Adam and Eve and then that uh, effect was was applied in creation itself and so one of the things that Jesus' death and resurrection does is it's an answer and it's a solution to the problem of sin and death and the corruption that happened with the original sin of Adam and Eve. Now after Jesus' death and resurrection we have uh, Jesus is sending the spirit and then we have the age of the church but there will come a time in the future when Jesus returns and at that time there will be a coming together of heaven and earth where all things will be in God's will everything will be according to his original intention uh, but in the meantime we're in that in between period where we will notice God working in the world uh, that he is the uh, the supreme and infinite and all-powerful uh, God but at the same time, there, there is evil that continues to exist alongside that. Uh, so we, as the church, are continuing to be his will on earth, in his kingdom, even while we wait for the culmination or the fulfillment of God's promises in the age to come. All right, so I, I just said a lot of stuff there, I know. But, but that's kind of a background that you need to have to really understand these parables. So I want to talk a little bit about... The one with the, the, the weeds and the wheat. And uh, there's the seed, and it, it's kind of building on last week. So last week we had seeds that were scattered, and the seeds were the gospel, and we are supposed to be that good soil so that the seed can accomplish its goal. Uh, this week, we are the seeds, and the good soil would be God's kingdom. And there are two options. There's the wheat, and then there are the weeds. And so the weed, of course, those are God's children. Those are the people who are living according to the way that God uh, intends. And in the end, there will be the reward that comes. But the weeds are the ones who reject God's intention, and they are living in a way contrary to his will. And so there's this contrast about them both being together. Now, of course, that has to be applied. So what are the weeds and the wheat? Well, it, it's applied, first of all, to our world. We, we all know that there is a lot of good that happens in the world. There are a lot of blessings, a lot of beauty and wonderful things. Uh, we also know there is a lot of sin and a lot of terrible things that happen at the same time. And we don't want to make the mistake of thinking that the, the world is 100% bad and evil. Like all you do is watch the news, right? That's what you would assume. Uh, but you also don't want to make the, the mistake that evil doesn't exist, Satan do, doesn't exist, and we don't need to do anything about it. And, uh, but, but it's true that these two exist at the same time in the world. Now, because the church exists in the world, uh, we will also notice that there are weeds and wheat in the church. That, yes, the church has done all kinds of incredible good. Uh, the formation and sending out of the, the gospel helping people to live their lives in a way that lifts them up to a a new way of living where they can have the peace and joy that God intends, Uh, the moral teaching of the Gospels being applied throughout the uh, last 2,000 years and the impact that has had on the lives of people is immeasurable. Uh, Also, the different institutions that have developed along the line, including schools and hospitals and charities, uh, all these things that we just take for granted, Uh, the very fact that, that many of the evils of the world we're done away with because of the influence and the power of the gospel is something we don't want to underestimate at the same time we do realize that it all hasn't been you know glory and roses you know that there has been corruption there's been evil and many things that have been done in the name of the church Uh, when i was first ordained the big scandal they hit was the pre-sex abuse scandal and this is one of our heritage you know it's our, our our history that that we wish wasn't there um, it the, when you look at the statistics of all that, um, it's something that tended to to build sometime in the fifties, and it's something that tended to statistically end sometime in the nineties. Statistically, not completely. Uh, there's a bit of a bell curve that goes with that, and the the reason is that it has has to do with this this connection between access and opportunity, and both of those existed, not only in the Catholic Church but in all churches and all other major institutions. Uh, but I would be willing to bet if you just ask a normal person, you say, is, the, is that problem still going on like, like it always has been? They would probably say, well, yes. You know, and, and uh, it's not actually true because since 1990, you can see that, that we put all these policies in place and we ended the access and the opportunity to the point that when it comes to major institutions, that the Catholic Church is, you know, one of the safest large institutions we have. Uh, but it still gets a lot of press. Uh, The reason why I mention that, though, is that that it shouldn't be surprising that great scandals and evil and bureaucracy existed in the church and continues to exist in the church. Uh, It's a frustration of mine. Um, It's probably a frustration of yours. But we do know that the weeds and the weed are going to exist in the church until Jesus comes and heals us. It's a condition of the human person that, that the church is made up with people Anytime you have more than one person involved in the church, there is going to be sin. And so we have to recognize that, uh, but also not let that defeat us, that God calls us to something greater. And speaking of that, uh, the weeds and the wheat not only exist in the world and in the church, but it also exists in us. Uh, St. Paul wrote about this as well. Uh, St. Paul mentioned that in the book of Romans... Uh, he said that I, I I do the deeds that I hate. I do things that I hate. I sin even though I don't want to, and it's and it's frustrating for him. And he goes and I do not do the good that I want to do. You know, there's this kind of battle that we have within us. So not only is there a battle with the good and the evil in the world, and a battle and good and evil in the church, but even in our own very person, there's this battle that goes on where we know what God calls us to. We want to do the good. We want to be upright and just people. But that sinful nature in us is something that we constantly struggle with. And we can't do it on our willpower alone, that we need something greater than that. And that's what God offers us. Uh, But nevertheless, you know, there's the the weeds and the wheat that, that we're all dealing with, with all these different levels. Now, we can ask, so what do we do about that? Well, first of all, we start where we are personally. Because odds are we have less power over the things of the world than we do when it comes to our own lives. And the first thing that we do is we turn to God and root ourselves in his good soil so that we're able to feed ourselves with the strength that we need through the word and the sacrament and the gifts of the spirit so that we not only have the desire to do what God calls us to, but we're going to be more inclined to have the strength to do it through the power of God. And so that's the second part of the book of Romans that St. That Paul talks about that through the strength of the gospel and the gifts of the spirit, uh, that he is he is getting to the point where he is more like God calls him to be, even though he continually struggles. You know, but that's that's it. We can't ride the fence. We can't just say, "Well, I'm just going to live my life how I want. and I'm not going to worry about whether I'm a weed or a wheat." Because uh, you kind of have to pick your you have to kind of pick your pony. You know, you have to say, "Where do you want to live and how do you want to live?" And then afterwards, we just practice what the gospel teaches us that we're forgiving people, we're charitable people. Uh, we are upright people. We try to do what we can not to sin, and then we ask for God's help and his grace and his strength, and when we do sin, we continually turn back to him so that he can, t- he can continue to make us more like the wheat he intends us to be and less like the weeds we would naturally be. All right, so then there's the second part. Well, what do we do about everyone else around us? Well, first of all, we recognize in this, this parable that that first they're saying, "Oh, do we just pull out all these weeds?" And, and in the parable, no, don't pull out the weeds because you might damage the wheat along the way. Well, the thing is, there are innocent people. We don't know what's going on, and if we run around thinking we're just going to go and start, you know, pulling out sin everywhere that we think it exists, we might be wrong. Uh, that the ultimate judgment of someone's place before God—that's up to God. And so we have to be careful that we're not doing that. We address clear evil, but we're not running around condemning people and trying to keep them away from the opportunity that God has for them to seek repentance and forgiveness, just like we wouldn't want someone doing that uh, to us. And so when it comes to others, we're, we're not yanking out the weeds because people are important, and God wants, through his patience and through his mercy, for them to have salvation as well as he wants for us to have salvation. So we can be patient, like God is, and we can do what we can to try to help them to see the gift and the grace and the blessing of the gospel for their lives so that they can come to be the wheat that God created them to be. And we can also look at it uh, as a combination of all of us, that we're all a combination of those weeds and wheat. And so God's patience is something that we can have a certain thankfulness about a certain gratefulness well thank you lord for for the gifts you've given us uh, for the patience you've shown us for the mercy that you give us help us to be more like you and your way and help us to conform our will to your will where we will be like those stars that shine and that's what he's he's calling us to so there's there's two short parables that come after the weeds and the wheat here and that would be the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast and the dough. So both of these are about a very small thing being uh, growing to be something huge. So like yeast is very small; you can hardly see it, and it gets in and it it enters into the dough. And the next thing you know, that the the dough is leavened. It becomes uh, uh, it becomes as you know fully uh, a leavened piece of loaf of bread rather than just a, a small little piece of of yeast and then the mustard seed it's a very very small seed but when it's planted it becomes this big huge bush and it provides shade for the birds to come in so both of those parables are parables of the promise it's the promise of the world to come and the world we live in because we are part of God's kingdom so God's kingdom exists here on earth where his will is done and it also in the fullness of time when Jesus returns we have the new heavens and the new earth that that kingdom of God will be fully realized. It also exists in heaven, where the promise of, of God's salvation takes place. Uh, and, and this combination of earth, heaven, and the world to come is where God's kingdom continually grows. So it was shown because that small little seed, you have Jesus' death and resurrection, and then you have the disciples being sent out and now that message has been brought throughout the world and so the fruits of the gospel has been something that over time has continued to grow and show massive results and then those birds of the sky that come in and rest in its branches are symbolic of others who see the attractiveness of the gospel of God's kingdom and his salvation and they come and dwell in his branches as well and so that gives us hope to live like we should according to the promise even though we continually will see weeds and wheat in our world, in our church, and in our own lives. And so these parables, Jesus is just being honest with us. He's just kind of telling us how it is, and he's asking us to allow him to do something about it. We know who wins the war, and even though we're in the midst of the battle, we do know that God's power is infinitely greater than anything the evil one or evil can do. And so all we're called to do in the meantime is to do our part to accept his message, to accept his grace, and live according to his promise so that we can, be the wheat, we can be the wheat in our own lives that he wants us to be and minimize the weeds that are contrary to it. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. May God bless you and be with you as you live out your faith and serve the Lord this week.